Welcome, everybody, to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Ed Birdsall, Jake Simone. Happy Memorial Day weekend, Jake. Happy Memorial weekend to you as well, my friend. Good to we see doing you. anything exciting this weekend? Any 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 beach plans? Uh, we'll see how the weather goes. See how the weather goes. Maybe maybe like a Monday type thing for beach. I'm a big fan of that on Monday because it's like I'm supposed to be working. So like I just don't want to sit around all day. I'd rather justify the day off and make the most of it. So yeah, I guess I, yeah, I'm very much the sense. same boat. That if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to do it on Monday. If I'm going to do it over the weekend, it's just got, it's just like another weekend. So it's just yeah. like you know whatever. But you know, of course, you get the barbecue vibes going. Then that that's 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 another story uh, in and of its uh, in and of itself. But here we are, Friday of Memorial Day, four o'clock, almost happy hour. So cheers in somewhere. Exactly. Cheers in advance. I will be having a cocktail right and, at five thirty. And a very uh, special and happy Memorial Day weekend to the good folks over in Portland, Oregon. I hope they are having the absolute best Memorial Day out of anybody. Better than mine. Better than mine. I, I sincerely wish that their Memorial Day is much better than my own. Couldn't agree more. Quite, quite personally. I mean, thank, thank God for Portland, Oregon. What a, what a beautiful, beautiful place. But we do have one quick question today. And I'll I'll save the the intense drama. It's from Portland, Oregon. The person who sent this question in actually suggested that they are from Portland, Oregon. So we don't even need to say it. He just said, I'm from Portland, Oregon. So fantastic. Thank you so much. Liam is the one who sent the question. So Liam, Liam knows what the vibes are. Yeah, we, we say it every week. It's death, taxes, deep sleeper, Portland, Oregon. Absolutely. It was going to be Portland, Oregon anyway, but Liam just beat us to the jump. So thank you in advance, Liam. So Liam's question is, Jake, how do you guys approach being in multiple leagues with the same draft position? I think this is a very fascinating question and not one that's asked enough. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had the exact same draft position. I've had very similar positionings where – it's either the top half, the middle half, or the bottom half. I've had that happen before on multiple occasions, but never, I never had like the number one pick in multiple leagues or the number two. You see what I'm saying? That's never yeah. happened. Oh, I mean, I can, I mean, this is just a great example. I have this same exact fucking problem that I literally had a draft order done on Sunday and I'm picking from the five in two separate leagues, both 10 man leagues. And I'm sitting there, I'm saying, well, I mean, the difference between the two is one's a keeper league and one's just a regular redraft. So there's a little bit of a difference there. But you're still picking from the same, you know, group of players. And I break it down kind of this way. If you're in a 10-man, if you're in a 10-man league, the first three picks are basically the same. Then it's the next three. So one to three, four to seven, and then eight to ten. Those are kind of the, the groups that you're working with. In a 12-man, it's kind of one to four, five to eight nine and then 10 to 12 are kind of the groups that you're that you're working with where you're kind of you're picking from the same group of guys as, as you go but the way that i normally do it is i just kind of decide from the same kind of pool of players i'll usually have you know i'll go into a draft and i'll have like a checklist of guys that i think will be available at each spot and you just try and, and differentiate unless there's guys that you really love like if you're picking in the third round i'm just going off of um nfc ADP right now, but say you're in the third round in a in a 12 man and you're 
up and you know you're the fifth overall pick let, let's just say for for shits and giggles and you're looking down the barrel of aj brown let's let's just say in, in the third round if you don't want aj brown because you took aj brown another spot just don't take aj brown but if you love aj brown and he's your guy double up it's it, it's completely okay it's just picking and choosing your spots because you don't want to have the same core of players like if you're deeper in a, in a draft once you get past like round six you can kind of do whatever you want but the top half rounds one to five you really want to try and be a little bit different i don't know i don't know if you feel the uh the same way jake or or, or not but i always want to be different on all of my teams regardless of where i'm picking no, I hate, I actually, I, I, no, I disagree. I hate that because then it just creates a whole double-edged sword. I like doubling down, if that makes sense. I hate the double-edged sword because it's like, it, it, you're either screwed somewhere or you're doing great somewhere. I'd rather be doing great everywhere. And if I'm wrong and my gut is wrong, then I'm wrong. I can sleep with that at night. But I, I do advise just stay true to your board because, listen, you could be picking in, like the third round territory. And there could be a guy that you have as a second rounder that's there in like the middle of the third round. This happens every year in drafts where guys are there around before you have to stick true to your board. You can't just draft a guy because you have him in your other league. If your, your ranks are falling in your favor, where guys that you have ranked higher than the guys that are on the board and a guy that you drafted in your league just prior is still there. And it's between him and a guy that's higher. You take the higher-ranked player. I'm not advising just drafting guys just because you took them in another league, but if the board's working and you're sitting there with your guy who you took previously and the rankings make sense, don't just draft a guy because you want to be different. If you like the player more, stick with your gut, stick with your knowledge, and, and go with it. I think that's what I would do personally, and that's what I have done in years past. And I feel like I would rather win multiple championships than just one. So I want to I want to ask you about something that you said that 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 struck me because we have very different philosophies on this. I like to diversify my assets. I hate you it. Like to, you like to double down. So yes. when you talk about you know managing risk and being risk averse, I kind of feel like I would rather have certain spots where I let's say I, I let's say I have four teams, right? Let let's just say I don't have four teams. I think this year I'm up to like I think I'm up to eleven so far which yeah, is that's diabolical for may but besides but that's besides the point say you have four teams and you want to differentiate you know your guys me personally i would rather have two teams that are great and two teams that are dog shit but i know at least those two teams are going to be good and contending for a championship with your strategy let, let and you know you could tell me if i'm wrong here you not only triple, but you quadruple down at times on the same set of guys. If those guys don't hit, you're okay with having four dog shit teams. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, okay. I trust, I trust my knowledge. I, it's not like, I guess it's kind of cocky, but let me give you some examples. I've always had the Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers stack for like mm-hmm. the last like three years. It's worked. Yep. Sorry. You won't have it this year. I apologize. Now, would, now are you going to go, are you going Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard? Or are you going, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. <laughs> no, I don't want Derek. I don't want Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. That I'm not. I'm not chasing it uh, until proven wrong. I, I don't think I'm going to chase that because I would. I would overdraft Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers just to have the stack. I'm not doing that this year. 
Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, and Christian Watson. That's kind of interesting, though. Well, I mean, we mentioned we mentioned this on one of our, our previous shows, and and you've actually said it. Um, you were the one who said it, and it's really sitting with me more and more that the move to address the Packers wide receivers is to just draft both of them. To draft yeah. Alan Lazard, draft Christian Watson. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what? That's a heck of a move. One of them's got to be good. One of them has to be good. One of them has got yeah. to be good. At a low cost. But just getting back to what I was saying, though, like, listen, it's worked. So until I'm burned by it, maybe I won't change my mind. But it is what it is there, you know? So I'll, I'll give you an, an example of maybe where it, ha- it has burned you just because I know this from experience because he burned us both a year ago, and that's J.K. Dobbins. Yep. We both were hardcore. We want to double, triple down on J.K. Dobbins. Is that one of those examples where is it just kind of like, fuck, I'll never do that again, or is it just shitty, shitty luck in your opinion? Shitty luck. It's not that it, with him to a much like different point here. I won't even use Dobbins because that's an injury. That's not a performance thing. I'll go back to this. Have a Brandon Ayuk and Chase Claypool. Sure. And but we but it's funny because I drafted Ayuk and Claypool in one league and I won a championship. You know why? I acted accordingly. Picked I found Amonra St. Brown on waivers. My son. I, that's, love him. that's the one that I really like come back. Like Sony Michelle off of waivers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a thing called waivers where if you double and triple down and you play the waivers accordingly. And, and also here's another thing I do. I have a lot of shares. I know when it's time to sell those shares. Sure. And if I can move off of him somewhere, I'll do it. So I guess, I guess for the, for the people out there, cause I agree, you have to know when the time is right to sell and when the time is right to buy. And maybe this could be just an episode all, all of itself, but just in short for the people that don't know, for you, when is the right time to sell a guy and when is the right time to potentially buy a guy, whether it's buying a guy on the cheap or buying a guy, not necessarily at the peak, because I would always say never buy a guy at the peak unless you're absolutely 100% certain that peak is going to continue and depending on price, of course. But when is that When is that time for you? When do you, when do you judge that and what would you do? Right. So what I usually do is I look at my record first and foremost. If I can afford to wait, maybe I'll wait it out if I really like a guy and I think he'll turn it around but if i'm below 500 heading into october it's go time it's time to start winning some games start climbing those standings and that's kind of like what i do whereas if it's like week three or four and the guy has a big week in there to kind of justify maybe to another owner hey maybe he's going to start turning a corner even though i don't believe it that's when i'll sell him but if the guy is just completely awful where he's like not even cracking double digits I can't really sell. I'm not going to sell him for a guy that I can just go pick up off of waivers or something like that. So October is, is a lot of the selling and buying, buying low. Like we did, like I wish I did, but I tried was with Jonathan Taylor last year with a lot of yeah, fantasy I managers. Tried it probably too. Won. Yeah, I tried it but too. I, and I think no one was going to do it. The beginning of October. I'm going to be honest with you though. I did this last year after week one. I did a lot of maneuvering. After, I, I'm like, okay, I made a mistake here. I, I need to get going. Yeah. Yeah, for, for me, I usually I usually give my teams about three, four weeks, depending on how they're doing. If I have a team that's 0-3, I need to make some moves you're, pronto. You're blowing it all up. 
yeah, you have to blow it all up. You have to try and do something just to shake up the foundation. If you're one and two, but you know you have a team that's scoring points, uh, you know you just ran into some really good teams and you just got unlucky, you're not going to blow that team up. If you're two and one, but you kind of feel like, you know, you're just squeaking by, then maybe you're making moves. Three and oh, you got to be looking at guys on your bench and you got you just have to be saying, okay, I know I have a deep team. I can probably package some guys to put my team then over the top. And that's when you need to start, you know, looking at potential teams that are one and two, that are 0 and three. And how can you go to those teams and convince them that they need to shake it up? And Ed, this is a really good example. Like, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I was 0 and four last year, worst points like lowest points in the entire league, 0 and 4. I had Christian McCaffrey on my team. I had the number one pick, 0 and 4. I traded Christian McCaffrey for Darrell Henderson and a pretty good wide receiver. This was a long time ago. I wish I remember, but it was a significant piece. And I won a fantasy championship. I won six straight games after that trade. Like it, it can be done because of good people like Abonra St. Brown, Joe Burrow. Yeah, and, and this is where we go. This is where I've said this time and time again. I know you've said it as well, and we talk about this on the show all the time. You don't win your leagues at the top. Nope. You can lose your leagues at the top, but you can't win it. You win your leagues when you're dead set in the middle of drafts, rounds six, round seven, round eight, nine, ten, so on. That's where you win. If you're knowing, you know, you have your group of guys that you want to target in that range, and you hit on those guys, you're going to have a really good chance, not just of making playoffs, because we here at the Basement Talk Podcast Finish Show don't want you to just make playoffs. We want to help you win championships. And if you listen to us in years past, you heard Cam Akers, you heard Amon Ross St. Brown. Those are two guys that, that won people a lot of championships. So here we are. So this show is not about finding the worst values in round six and whatever. We'll get to that. Uh, next week but for today this actually is kind of the show where you want to be paying pretty close attention because this is the the top of the draft this is where you can lose your leagues and these guys are pretty much going to be who are the guys that you want to just avoid altogether at their current price who are the worst values here that that i know i won't be touching i think jake is pretty much going to be going with the same strat here and guys that at their current price we won't be fucking touching. Is it, am I correct? You are right. All right. So, I mean, let's thank you, Liam, by the way, for, for, for your questions. Great, great question. And we will do a, um, I, I know I did promise um, some listeners that are pretty new to this um, in the next couple of weeks. I want to do a very just dumbed down basic intro to everything. Um, that was a, a show that was pretty requested. So we'll be doing that in a couple weeks time and just going over, you know, very basic sort of things. It's not necessarily the most fun show in the world, but some people have requested it and I'll be more than happy to, uh, to do it. Maybe I'll even write a column on it. I don't really know. Uh, I start writing again next week and can't wait. I finally finished up all of my ranks this week and I'm ready to fucking roll. So thank good God for that. But let's just jump right into it and let's get to uh, to the worst values, guys that we will not be drafting at their current ADPs. Uh, Jake, you want you want to lead it off? Yeah, let's start with the very top, the 52nd overall player in the current ADPs, and that's Mike Williams. Mike, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. A, a borderline top 50 pick for Mike Williams, who is either 25 points or 
four points. Not happening. No, I'm good. Uh, it was a good story last year. I liked him a lot last year. I defended him a lot on the mailbag. I liked them for a guy that I drafted in like the ninth or 10th round of my fantasy draft, not with the top 50 pick. No, thank you. Way too streaky. There's Keenan Allen. There's Austin Eckler. I, f- I feel like I'm missing somebody else, but there's mouse to feed. Well, in, I think the passing I, game in, in I LA. Think, I think a great one just right off the bat, because I'm looking at NFC ADP. I'm looking at my ranks right now. I have Mike Williams barely inside my top 30. And I'm looking at guys that I have above Mike Williams in my ranks that are going in the 60s. I'm looking at guys like Brandon Cooks. I'm looking at Elijah Gimme Gimme Moore. I'm looking at Juju Smith-Schuster, who I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, coming around on a, a, a little bit. You know, I'm not going to say that I'm white hot on on Juju, but I think a really good one as well, who I'm really starting to come around on, given all the talk this week coming out of New Orleans, given that. Uh, Dennis Allen has said that they expect Michael go. Thomas to be ready to go for training camp. Uh, I have Michael Thomas in my, in my top 24 now, and I would rather have Michael Thomas over Mike Williams. Easy. Uh, Bird, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just looking at the ranks here. I'd rather have Rashad Bateman over Mike Williams. I would rather I'm, not, have, I'm not there yet, but they're back-to-back for me in my ranks. I'd rather have Adam Thielen over Mike Williams. Yep, I have Thielen, I have Thielen over Williams as well. And – Here's, here's one for you. I think they're in, they're in actually very similar positions. How about Allen Robinson? Would you rather have Allen Robinson over Mike Williams? Um, Yeah. I would. I, I have the back, the triple back-to-back that I have. I have I have Robinson, I have Williams, and then I have Bateman. And this is in yeah. half PPR. I just, I, just want, I just want to point that out. I think I would agree with those rankings. I have them back-to-back-to-back. And I, I went back and forth a bunch on Robinson and um, who the fuck? Who the, oh, Mike Williams. Thank you. I just lost my lost my train of thought completely. Um, but like guys like Cortland Sutton, I have over over um, over Mike Williams, Chris Godwin. I have now Godwin is an interesting one because we don't really know about the knee yet. If you're telling me Chris Godwin misses the first four weeks or six weeks, then maybe Godwin will drop a little bit for me. Uh, both Denver guys I have above Mike Williams as well. But I, again, I'm just looking at these ranks and Michael Thomas right now going in the eighth round. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Adam Thielen going in round nine. That's great. Um, Elijah Moore going in round seven. Yep. I'm good with that. Brandon Cooks top of round seven. Yep. Good with that. I mean, there are just so many better values out there than, better. Mike, than Mike Williams right now. And I think maybe it's just buying in too heavy on the chargers offense uh, to me, but that, but then again, it's like, Keenan Allen is going at round four, and I'm I'm fine with that. Fine with that, absolutely. But that's Keenan Allen, who we've seen the consistency from over the years. He, even though last year was a little bit more of a streakier year from Keenan Allen. Yeah, it was not as consistent for sure. But still, I mean, round four, I'm I'm fine with that. I'll take the streakiness of Keenan Allen in, in round four because we know that he's capable of just monster weeks. Mike Williams just had his start of the year where he was fantastic. We were begging you on the show to try and sell Mike Williams. And he came crashing back down to earth and really did not have a monster second half of the year, got paid. He's in LA. It's a good offense to be a part of, but are you really going to want to just go and invest in that in, in the 50 some odd range? No, not me. Not Not me. me. I I wouldn't want to do that. Um, I'll give you mine. This might be controversial for, for a lot of people, but this is just how I am um, as the as a very conservative 
drafter that views running backs and receivers overall. Josh Allen going 25th overall. I'm sorry. I'm, I am not going to be paying that price in the middle of round three for, for Josh Allen. And I say this all the time when assessing the quarterbacks, if there's a position group that I want to take a risk on, that's not a, a foundational piece, let's say running back or a receiver, I'm going to go take Travis Kelsey. I'm going to go take Mark Andrews. I'm going to go get that tight end situation locked down before I'm going to go spend a pick on Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. And and I'm not saying that Josh Allen won't be worth it because he absolutely will. You have the rushing upside, you have the passing upside. He's got everything. So if you want to go spend that pick on Josh Allen, then by all means go and do it. I'm not going to do it just because I'm not the guy that's ever going to be taking a quarterback before round five. That's just not how I am. And I'm looking at guys that are in like the 70s right now. You have Tom Brady that's there, Dak that's there, uh, Jalen Hurts that's there, Matt Stafford that's there. Even Lamar Jackson at 60, I'm good with that. I'm very, very good with that. Lamar Jackson is Josh Allen minus minus the throwing, obviously. It's the the same sort of situation. I don't take a a quarterback that early. No shot. No. No, and obviously, you know, this is for a single quarterback. If you're you're in a double quarterback, uh, super flex or two QB, then yeah, yeah. Josh Allen will be in a a first-round pick, as as he should be in a a QB or super flex setup. But in a a one QB, yeah, no thank you. At, At 25, yeah, no thanks. Let me just see where I have him in my overalls. And I know I was pretty high on him in the overalls. Yeah, I have him in my overalls at 29. E- even then, like I have to I have to rank him there. I have to be pretty consistent about it. I won't be drafting him at 29. Uh even in my own ranks, I won't know why. Yeah, not not a chance for me. Uh, and then the next if we're looking at where um who's my QB2 here? My QB2 in my ranks is Mahomes and I have him at 43. So even even then, if you want to take Patrick Mahomes in round five if, at 43, now take this for what you will. I don't think Patrick Mahomes will be in round five in, in most drafts. But if he does get to round five and you want to take Mahomes, not a problem. Not a problem. I actually think Mahomes is going to be – I do say so myself. It, it's a pretty affordable spot to get Mahomes. But, I mean, there obviously are questions with Mahomes now that there's no Tyree kill. So, But I still think he'll be fine. You know, I'm not – Absolutely. Put a a damper on Mahomes, but it's an affordable price for for Mahomes if you wanted to go and and, and do that. I'm just of the ilk that I'm going to wait and I'm going to take the gut of, you know, the quarterback position. QB5 to QB10 is kind of the spot where I'll be drafting. And if I don't get any of those guys, then I'll just stream quarterback week in, week out. I have 21 quarterbacks right now that I would be comfortable winning a championship with. I I find quarterbacks all the time (laughs) on waivers. Yeah. Absolutely. There are guys that are like, uh, who who would be shocked if by week five we're talking about Jameis Winston as an every week starter? Not me. Nope, not me either. And he probably will go undrafted. So if you want to take a take a chance on Jameis Winston, go ahead, go ahead and do it. I would, I would. I'd rather have Jameis Winston undrafted than Josh Allen at twenty five. Top twenty five for a quarterback is ridiculous. No way. Right. And then what happens? I don't what care who you are. To, what happens to Jake if Josh Allen gets hurt? Then yeah, you then, just, you just then lost your third round pick. Yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Even if it's for like a couple, even if it's for like a game or two, I still think it's a stupid pick. I agree. I agree. It's it's a stupid pick, and quarterback you can easily replace quarterback, but at the same time you can't easily replace your third round pick. Oh no! Right. So it's it's not not worth it uh, to me. Uh, Jake, your next one, please. All right. Uh, this offense, I'm staying away from entirely. Darnell Mooney. No, thanks. 64 overall. 
I'm looking at the guys he's going ahead of mainly. I think that's kind of what does it for me. And I just can't really fathom or put together how a fantasy manager could take a Chicago Bear pass catcher over some of these other pass catchers he's going over. Uh, maybe you can help me out on that one. I can't justify it at all. I have Darnell Mooney in my top 36, but I know I'm I'm way behind the consensus on Darnell Mooney. The consensus has – I have Darnell Mooney as my wide receiver 35. The consensus has him as the wide receiver 26. So yeah. I'm very, very down on Mooney compared to compared to the consensus. I do see the appeal because he's the only guy in that offense. So I, I get it, but that's not an offense that I'm really willing to just go gun ho for. No, yeah, I get it. He's the only guy, but at the same time, how much volume is really in that offense? How much scoring are they going to be doing? Are they really going to be moving the ball effectively where he's going to get those opportunities? Yeah, no, not for me. I don't think so. Nope, not for me. No, thanks. Nope, not for me either. Um, my next one here, I'm just, I'm just going to go stick to uh, to running backs. We haven't mentioned any running backs yet. Uh, 43rd overall, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne and for the very simple reason of I just don't think that uh, Jacksonville is going to stick to a one running back approach. I think we're going to see a lot of Etienne. I think we're going to see a lot of James Robinson as well. And you're getting Etienne right now around five. Yeah, no, that's that's a little too rich for me when, you know, he's being drafted in a, in a gut of running backs with, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson. Who, by the way, I I have to say, if Antonio Gibson continues to fall, I'm going to be interested in in Gibson. Given if he if you could tell me right now, Jake. Yeah, it's a tough sell. In if you can get Antonio Gibson in round five, middle of round five, would you do it? Well, like who else is there though? Is the real question. Okay, um, we'll just do. I would take Travis. I would sure should take Travis Etienne over him in the middle I round. T- I would take Gibson. I would take Gibson over him. Um, uh, this is a, it's an easy one. I mean, I would take Elijah Mitchell over Gibson. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, let's see. I would take would AJ you- Dillon. I see. I would take Gibson. I would. Take I would take Dillon. Dillon. I'll take Dillon. I'll take Dillon in his lock. I'll take Dillon in the scoring. Would you rather have Kenneth Walker? Or Antonio Gibson. If I started out my draft with the first two rounds being running backs, give me Walker. If I needed more of like a safe bet, I would go Gibson. Okay. All right. So if you if you wanted to take a home run swing, do you take Walker? If you wanted a bit of safety, you take Gibson. G- Gibson to me is just like a, a very like blah. Like he's that, very boring. He's not very, very, very boring. Like I'm looking for guys that are going to help me win the league, not just look good on paper. Sure. You know, sure, and I, I just don't think he has that type of appeal where he's going to win me my league. Yeah, I think it's that's very fair. I think it's very, very, very fair that he's not a guy that's going to put any team over the top. Exactly. And, and that's kind of what I'm looking for, to be honest with you. So and the Washington commanders offense outside of Terry McLaurin. Not much interest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily love it with with Wentz and McLaurin right now is being drafted literally at round five, uh, right, right at the turn. Yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's not bad. Um, but then again, you know, when he's being drafted ahead of DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin, get, give Amari me McCl- Cooper. No, no, no. Give, give me, give me McLaurin over Metcalf. If I hear that drew lock is the quarterback. 
if Drew if Drew Locke is the quarterback, give me McLaurin over Metcalf. Yes, I don't want Geno Smith being the quarterback either. I don't want Geno Smith having. Uh, I'd rather have Carson Wentz than Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I also I also trust Geno Smith more with getting DK Metcalf the ball than I do Drew Locke. But give me Amari Cooper over both of them. It's a shame. Todd, they should just trade Tyler Lockett. He doesn't deserve this. Like just just get him out of there. Oh no, no Tyler Lockett can rot. He um, he's not even on the fantasy radar. For me. No, no, not for me, not for me. But going back to going back to ETN, I just I want to hear um, how you're feeling about ETN because I it, Jacksonville yeah. is just another another situation that I just want no part of. Yeah, and Doug Peterson is weird like that with running backs too. Uh, how many how many times did we expect Miles Sanders to be the guy just for Boston Scott or Jordan? Ha- I know they did this last year, ironically enough, or Jordan Howard to to get runs or somebody annoying like that. And ETN coming coming off of the uh, I think it was the list Frank injury with the foot, right? Yeah. Yes. So he wasn't a, he was a first round pick, but he wasn't drafted by Doug Peterson and that coaching staff to be the first round pick. So I can easily see it being a James Robinson early down role and Travis Etienne being that third down back from, cause he is technically, I guess not technically a rookie, but he hasn't played in the NFL before mm-hmm. in an NFL football game. So he will still be learning. So yeah, Jacksonville offense. Again, we, we talk about this all the time. Just no thanks. It just feels like more of a headache than the reward that it will pay off. So I'm avoiding Jacksonville at all costs, but I see the appeal with ETN. However, if we talk about him as more of like that middle of the fifth round type guy, I think I'd be more interested. But fourth round, well, me, no, no thanks. Let me ask you this, because I know we talked about this on, on the values show. and We mentioned Christian Kirk. He's being drafted right now in round 11. As the number one receiver on that team, who they paid a lot of money to go and get, if you're telling me that, and I don't really want to be targeting Jacksonville, I'm just want to, I just want to preface that, but you're telling me a guy that Jacksonville paid eighteen million dollars to is available around eleven. Do we think that that's worth a, a calculated sort of swing there? We're talking about the eleventh round, so yes, we're not yeah. talking about the middle of the fourth round. That that's definitely a calculated risk. So if Christian Kirk were to rise, like. Okay, I'll, I'll rephrase. I'll rephrase this question. I'll ask it differently. What's the ceiling with Christian Kirk where you would take him? Ninth round. Anything before that, I'm I'm not interested. I was going to say round eight, round eight for me. So we're basically in the, in the same sort of ballpark. I would be comfortable taking a swing there. But again, it also really depends on who are you taking Christian Kirk over. Like if we look at round eight receivers right now, later I can be convinced. Yeah, I mean we're looking at uh, Devonta Smith. I I would rather have Devonta Smith. Yep. Over Christian Kirk. I would rather have Oh, okay, here's an here's an interesting one. Traylon Burks or Christian Kirk? Burks. I'd rather have Burks as well, but that's pretty close. Your boy Tyler Lockett or Nope, Christian Kirk. Kirk. I'd rather have Kirk as well. I I would I think that's more worth the swing. Drake London or Kirk? Drake London. London for me as well. And I'll ask you one more. You you know what I'm about to ask you. I think our, I would take. I think I would take him. Gad, our good buddy, Brandon Ayuk. I think I would take Brandon Ayuk. I heard Brandon Ayuk is looking good. By the way, this yeah, offseason, I, I have heard that he's doing all the right things. And last year, we heard all throughout the offseason, like, "Yep, not in shape, hurt, bad attitude," and we said, "Oh no, that doesn't mean anything." And then here we are. There we yeah. were. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm. I was I'm good. 
in round 10, taking a chance on Brandon Ayuk with the Maybe. talent that he has flashed. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's worth, it's worth the calculated gamble. Sure. Maybe Brandon Ayuk has a redemption tour. It was funny. Cause I caught him last year and then picked him up. And he actually had like a couple of weeks where like, he was a nice bi-week little filler in yeah. like the month of November. He was on the, I, I did not cut him. I had him pretty much on stash on a bench uh, for a while. And he went on that little run. I had to start him one of those weeks. I had buy issues and I had to start him. And that's when he went off. Then I just, I, I wrote it out with, with, with Ayuk. So, you know, he didn't, he didn't screw me necessarily, but he didn't help me either. So, but yeah. again, I'd like to Ayuk avoid round five, you know, that, that, that fucked me a, a, a little bit, but he, yeah. He served his purpose. He served his purpose, and we do love we do love Brandon Ayuk. It's a love hate relationship, but deep down, I have more I have more love for Brandon Ayuk than I do with Chase Claypool. Oh yes, oh yes, Chase Chase Claypool. I have choice words for uh, for Mister Claypool. Uh, all right, Jake, your your next uh, your next bad value, sir. All right, so we're doing rounds five and beyond, right? I have one that's kind of on the fringe because I didn't say a running back yet, so I kind of feel implied to yeah good i i hate Brees hall man where he is i don't know if we talked about this but i hate that i was gonna say him i was gonna say him and and if if you didn't when we got to the last one i was gonna say it i hate Brees hall where he is i have to go with another receiver though that's gabriel davis what what are we doing we we talk about it all the time with 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 Gabe Davis going going in round seven right now. It's a bit more civilized than than maybe it was, but I mean again, you're you're taking Gabe Davis and you're putting him in the conversation with a guy like Brandon Cooks, uh, even Elijah Moore, Juju. I would rather have all those guys. It, it, this 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 is an interesting one. I mean DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, suspended the first six weeks. Would you rather take the stab on Hopkins there or, or Davis if you know if Hopkins. Hopkins is not playing the first six weeks? I think I'd rather take the stab the stab on Hopkins. But the problem is, is that I mean, you better be sitting at three and three, two and four, four and two yeah. when Hopkins gets back. Otherwise, I mean, what good is he going to be? Is it is it bad of me to say that the Hopkins thing kind of reminds me of the Michael Thomas situation a little bit? No, because it wasn't a suspension. Yeah, it obviously wasn't a suspension. That was was Michael Thomas being injured, and that was another thing, too, with Michael Thomas with with the rehab, and then he punched the teammate. Like, we don't really hear that about Hopkins. No, no. Everything that at least I hear about Hopkins is that he is just the – uh, the, the definition of what a perfect teammate should be. No, that's why I would disagree a little bit. Um, obviously things can change, but I, I see where, what you're saying, dude, Gabe Davis, though, man, I would, I'm, I, I'll have to do my rank. Well, you have to have an episode where I disclose my ranks. Oh yeah. We'll, we'll absolutely have uh ranks debates that that is yeah. definitely in the plan. We, we got to do that. But dude, I'm not going to lie. I think Gabriel Davis is so far up the list right now in the consensus that I would even have to have a, I would debate in my mind, Gabe Davis or or Christian Kirk. I would debate it. Oof. I mean, the value for Kirk is probably better, isn't it? But I'm saying, like, if they were both over there on the clock, like, I, I don't know if I would take Gabe Davis over him. 
See, that's an, that's an interesting one because it's it's obviously the fact, that, gave- the fact though that we have to think about that just shows it is horrific value for where he is currently going. Oh, it, it's it's horrendous, and I know I know he's at the top of ever ever of everyone's you know breakout pick is Gabe Davis, but I look at a breakout. I'm looking at guys that are like round ten and later. We could definitely do a, a breakout episode. I think that would be that would be the, quite fun. The, the guys that are where he's going right now. That's for the guys that have already broken out, right? Right. We're, we're talking about established guys, established guys that can help you. You're taking Gabe Davis. You're taking him basically on a whim off of two games, which yeah. I don't really want to do. And he's the, I mean, I get it. He's the number two in that, in that offense, you know, with Josh Allen and such, but I mean, I'd rather have the number one guy in Houston versus the number two guy in Buffalo. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's too crazy to say, but I think that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, but like that, that he took the word and it's not even is he even the number two guy in Buffalo? He wasn't uh, the number two option. I, I, last I think year. he is. Is he? We thought that heading into last year. It's true. That's true. But there was also you got Jamison Crowder. They still got McKenzie. There. Yeah, they still Isaiah McKenzie is, is someone that, that a lot of people really like. And Jamison Crowder's there. Yeah, and, and also you got to factor in Dawson Knox as well. And now. And now James OJ Cook. Howard. James Cook in the passing game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. And I, I don't know if, if Gabe Davis is someone that I'm going to be, you know, ready to just go willingly splash on. But I will say if, if Gabe Davis is there in round eight, like if we're talking in August, but Gabe Davis settles at like round eight, maybe I think that's, I, I think that's worth it. I think it's worth yeah. the gamble, but I wouldn't be taking him over guys like, like Cooks, Elijah Moore, Juju, I Sutton. No, thank you. I, I would rather have all those guys over over Gabe Davis. Gabe right. Davis is bare is just barely in my in my top thirty six right now. And that's subject to change. Yeah, obviously, obviously that is uh, subject to change. Absolutely. Um, another one for for me, and I think this is more of a because he's going he's going in. I don't even know if I want to say he's going in an okay spot. But I'm going to talk about it, and and I've mentioned it before. I'm going to mention it again. Joe Burrow going as the QB four in drafts right now is absolutely fucking disgusting. Stole mine. Stole mine. I wanted to go with the quarterback. I had him and another guy. I had a feeling you were going to say Joe Burrow. Like Jake, please before before I do it and just go off on a fucking tangent. Please explain why Joe Burrow is going as the QB four right now. It makes no sense. I'll tell I'll tell you why. He won a lot of people leagues last year. Sure, sure. He he won me a league. I mean, like that's that's why he is, and that's the reason why Gabe Davis is going where he is because the playoffs last year. People mm-hmm. are very prisoner of the moments around this time of year, and then when we get the training camp and we start to get our heads back on straight. I'm talking about not us, but the consensus and the people actually drafting these players, the general public, yeah. Yes, then the dust kind of settles. Then we get back to reality. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm trying to find the uh, the stat that I wrote about. I don't have it off, off the top of my top of my head. Um, I did a lot of uh, a lot of draft coverage. I'm trying to find it, but there was there was a stat. Oh, here it is. Here it is. I I, I found it. I just want. I'm gonna read. The, I'm just gonna read the paragraph. Uh, verbatim. Uh, okay, here it is. So this is from a column that I wrote. Uh, what's the date of this column? In April. 
this is just the exact paragraph. I'm going to read this word for word, and you can take it as it is. Uh, Joe Burrow, last year's number is showing an alarming statistical flaw in properly assessing Burrow. The Cincinnati Signal Caller led the NFL a year ago in yards per pass attempt with 8.9 and a 6.5% touchdown rate. To put this into perspective, Deshaun Watson is the active leader in this category with 8.3 yards per pass attempt, and only he and Patrick Mahomes average more than 7.8 yards per pass attempt out of the active quarterbacks in their entire careers. Mahomes is also the active leader in touchdown rate with a 6.4 touchdown a 6.4% touchdown rate. So say Burrow regresses back to his mean for both of those numbers in 2022, right? It's going to require Joe Burrow to match, if not better, his numbers from a year ago, where if we're going to suggest that his yards per attempt and his touchdown rate are going to go back to the mean, Joe Burrow, and this is just based off of my own, my own calculations, Joe Burrow is going to need to average to match what he did around 41 pass attempts per game. That is not happening. Not, there, there's not a chance. I'm sorry. No. There's no way that Joe Burrow is dropping back 41 times a game, number one. And then number two, there is no way that Joe Burrow is going to match statistical output that he did from, from a year ago. You're drafting him at his ceiling. And his ceiling may be you, – you, he may not be able to reach that ceiling again. We don't know. And I'm not willing to find out when he's being taken as the QB4 right now, 47th overall. Amen. Like, I'm not drafting Joe Burrow. I, I can't take a quarterback that high that doesn't have the rushing ability that's not an, a prime Aaron Rodgers or a prime Tom Brady. Those are all-time greats. And no disrespect to Joe Burrow, but it's not quite there yet. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to QB thirteen right now. That's just so I'm ready to have a com- ready to have a conversation about QBs. Yeah, all right, so I have another QB that I don't like. Go for it. Go for it. I I, I won't delay you anymore. This this one is because I was going to bring up Aaron Rodgers in this guy. So I'm sorry. Like you, you, I didn't want you to steal any thunder. You already stole Joe Burrow. I gotta go for it. I hate Matthew Stafford as high as he's going. Hmm. I really do. I mean, we're looking at guys that Matthew Stafford's being drafted over right now. Jalen Hurts or Matthew Stafford. Uh, Hurts for the rushing. Russell Wilson or Matthew Stafford? That's a closer one. I have Stafford just over Wilson. Give me Russ. Just over. Very close. Aaron Rodgers? I'd rather have Rodgers. Those are like the three guys that I think need to be drafted ahead of Matthew Stafford. And even so, I mean, we don't know about the suspension with Deshaun Watson, so that's obviously why the ADP is that low. But even a guy, I feel like Stafford and Derek Carr are very similar. In yeah, value and and Matthew Stafford's getting drafted almost two rounds higher than Derek Carr. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see it with Stafford. I really don't. Uh, I sorry. The main difference right now between Stafford and Carr and Jake, you would agree with me or, or disagree with me. I kind of view up to round eight, round nine maybe, is one quarterback territory where you draft that guy. You don't have to draft another guy because you're going to start that guy every single week. But then after round nine is when you start taking two quarterbacks. So pairing a Derek Carr with a Kirk Cousins, taking uh, an Aaron Rodgers, pairing that with Trey Lance, let's say. I would rather have take the stab on Aaron Rodgers and then drafting a guy with high upside 
like a Trey Lance, like a Tua, like a Justin Fields, like a Trevor Lawrence, like a Jameis Winston. I would much rather take that gamble instead of having to draft Matthew Stafford in, in round eight. I, I, and I think also people are also banking that Cooper Cup is going to do not exactly the same thing, but something similar to what he did from a year ago. And we saw it with Michael Thomas. It just doesn't happen. So with Diggs. Yeah, we saw it with Diggs as well. It's it's not worth the gamble where you're banking on one guy in that offense to basically carry the value of the quarterback or take the guy in that offense where you're going to be banking on the quarterback to do a favor. And also, not and for what it's worth, last year was the first year of Matthew Stafford's career where he was fully healthy. Like there were no issues, no bumps, no bruises with Matthew Stafford. Do we exactly. expect him to do that again as he's a year older? I, I don't know if I want to bank on that, quite there's honestly. A, there's the Super Bowl hangover, too. That's always a real thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. They won the Super Bowl a year ago. We don't know if they're going to be the same, the same team again. Aaron Rodgers is going to make so many people look silly. Oh, I'm telling you right now. It's Aaron going Rod- to be laughable. If Deshaun Watson pushes Aaron Rodgers to outside top 12 quarterback range of where they're being drafted, I, I – He's the kind of guy, going back to Liam's question at the top of the show, he is the kind of guy that I will want to quadruple, quintuple down on, Aaron Rodgers. He's never failed me. Nope, he's never failed me either. He's never failed me. A couple, of, a couple of duds here and there, like against Tampa the one year and then against the Niners on Sunday New Night Orleans Football. New Orleans in week one last year. New Orleans in week one last year, but week one, listen, if you're going to have your disasters, week one's, that's fine. Get it out the way and then full steam ahead. I mean, how does the back-to-back MVP of the National Football League get drafted that late in a fantasy? How? It's concern. It's concerns with the offense. I mean, I, I understand why he's being drafted that late, but again, it's Aaron Rodgers. Talent always wins at the end of the day. I also, they don't believe, they don't know. They don't know. that They don't no. know about Christian Watson the way I did before the draft. And they didn't. They don't realize how good Alan Lazard was at the end of last season. It's true. It's true. Let me let me ask you. Let me ask you too for uh, for the people for the people at home. Um, you can only have one of them right now. Who are you taking the gamble on, Lazard or Watson? If I could only have one, give me yeah. the safer one in Lazard. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I would I would much rather have uh, Lazard at this moment in time. Um. I'm going to give a tight end because we haven't shown the uh, the tight ends enough love. Um, there, I have to preface this in saying that I think he's going to be better this year, but I don't know if I'm willing to take the chance on it in round four. And that's Kyle Pitts. I, I just don't. I'm a believer in the talent. I think he's someone that is going to be better this year, given there's going to be no Calvin Ridley there. Uh, Drake London is in the fold and maybe there'll be more of a more focus on the outside of that offense. I just don't want to have any share of Kyle Pitts going in the back end of round two, early part of round three in 12 team leagues at 35 overall. I I'm sorry. I, I just don't, I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Not a guy I'm, I'm willing to find out. It's just, no thanks. I don't want to be a year early on him. No, I, I don't. I don't want to be either. Um, and you know, for if, if we're looking at his numbers from from a year ago, I mean, one touchdown. I are we serious? One touchdown. No. 
three games over a hundred yards. Like what, what is appealing about Pitts at that price? Nothing. With, Mar- could, with Marcus you, Mariota as his quarterback as well. And I, I'm the first guy that's going to say Mariota has, has shown guys that have been, have had sustained fantasy production. He's done it before, but I'm supposed and, to believe it's going to happen now. And also you need to remember this too, with, with Kyle Pitts and that price, you could be solving such a bigger need at that point in your draft. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and we're going to yeah. say this time and time again, Jake and I are very much the same boat on this one. If you're not getting the top two receivers, uh, excuse me, the top two tight ends, just go back to the bus. Yeah. And or I'm, try and get Dalton Schultz. That, that, yeah. that, that's the move. And I have another tight end just to add on that. I think he's sure, becoming, I think he's becoming a lot like his former teammate in college. That's TJ Hawkinson, man. Like how many years in a row are we going to have this conversation about him? I, I, I don't get it. it he, he just is who he is at this point. Right. He's yep. never stayed healthy. He's with the Detroit Lions, with Jared Goff. Amonra St. Brown's emerging. I, I'm Jamison Williams will play at some point throughout the season. What are we doing here? I don't. I, I personally don't understand it. I don't understand it myself. And if I can look at the... It reminds uh, the, me of Noah Fant last year. We did this with Noah Fant. Where, oh, this could be the year with Noah Fant, right? Yeah. Every year was supposed to be the year with him. Although this year, I kind of kind of like him as like a little sleeper. That's really late, though. And this isn't the same ADP as... Denver, yeah, no I mean, fan. no offense, no offense right now is being drafted as the 17th tight end, tight end off the board. Yeah, that's that. fine. I love that. Yeah, there's no problem. I have no problem with that. But like if you were to tell me that TJ Hawkinson was being drafted outside the top 10 tight ends, okay, good. I- I'm good with that. You can take your chance, but yep. 72nd overall, like my man, I-, I could be finding some, some heavy hitters at that point in my draft. I'm good with streaming some tight ends and throwing some darts while addressing a, a high end flex at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And Maybe one of mean, the, I'd rather have one of the QBs that fall. Yep. I, I'm I'm with you. I would rather even have Dallas Goddard. Wait around for Dallas Goddard. Boom. Done. Yep. I'd much rather wait on that. Uh Dalton Schultz is going one pick behind him. I mean, if they're going if they're in a if you're in a range where you're taking tight end at that spot at 72nd overall, please God take Dalton Schultz. Please. I'm a, I'm I'm asking very nicely. Just don't waste your time on TJ Hawkinson. Just don't do it. No, just don't do it. Don't waste your time on the Detroit Lions. I'll, I'll even put this into perspective for, for everybody as well. Would you rather be invested in the Detroit Lions offense or the Dallas Cowboys offense? I mean, outside of the Jaguars and Bears, I, I can't think of an offense I'd rather be uh, less Houston invested maybe? in. Yeah, them too. I'd rather Houston? be in, in on the Jets offense than the Lions offense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the Giants, too, for that matter. Would I rather be in on the Giants? I mean, it, the it, Lions, it, yeah. I, I'd rather be on the Giants. I, I trust Dable. I don't trust Dan Campbell. No, no. I, I trust Dable to at least get some things, some things going. And maybe, well, if we're on that, if we're on that, I mean, I just want to look at where Kenny Galladay is being drafted right now. If I can, if I can find him on here, because I think he could be. I think, I think good value worth the stab. Yeah, he could be. If I can, if I can find him on NFC, it's like finding a uh, little ne- Oh, here he is. Oh, needle and haystack. There we go. 134th overall. I'm in. Yep. I'm as well. Now, I don't know if I trust Daniel Jones necessarily, but, but at that price I'm in. I was going to say, 
I do trust Terod Taylor. I that, do trust him. Yeah, he got Brandon Cooks the ball. Mm-hmm. He got Brandon Cooks the ball, and Brandon Cooks was fine with with Terod. And, and I think Dable's going to understand that he has to get the guy that, that his team gave a boatload of money to a year ago. You have to get him involved. And here's another thing, too, with, with Kenny Galladay. He put up numbers with David Blau for mm-hmm. stretches in Detroit. Without Matthew Stafford, he played a lot of games without Stafford. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he was still very productive. Now, I think it, it, I think it'll also help. I think with in, in Detroit, Galladay did have Marvin Jones next to him to draw some coverages away. So if you can have a receiver that emerges with the Giants that can take some attention away from Galladay. I think that'll help him, but you're taking him basically where he's a flyer. And it's, it's the same sort of thing with Kirk. They're paying Kenny Galladay a lot of money. So it's either he's going to work or he's not going to work. And you're in a, you're in that spot where if it doesn't work after three, four weeks, you cut him. No harm, no foul. Absolutely. I'm in that price. Yep. Yep. I'm in that spot uh, as well. Uh, Let's give one more and then we'll, uh, we'll get on out of here um i'm just gonna piggyback off of, off of the chicago bears uh david montgomery at 38th overall i understand that there are a lot of people who actually do like david montgomery a whole lot i've heard i've actually heard some people say that david montgomery based on his underlying numbers could actually be this year's joe mixon i don't see it nope. i don't see it quite frankly it's the chicago bears offense and the main difference between David Montgomery and Joe Mixon is Joe Mixon has a guy by the name of Joe Burrow in his offense where despite what we said about Joe, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is still going to be very, very good. And he's going to be, he's going to look like, uh, he's going to look like uh, Joe Montana and Tom Brady had a love child and turn into, and his name is Joe Burrow compared to what Justin Fields is going, is going to be for the Chicago Bears offense. Can we hope for strides for Justin Fields? Absolutely. But it's based on all speculation whatsoever and i am completely completely out on everything involving the chicago bears yeah i'm definitely not in on the chicago bears offense and david montgomery and also the passing upside too in the passing game with david montgomery has never been appealing it's just can we just close that chapter it's Um, just very never came it never came close the chapter cut your losses and I would much rather look stupid for not having David Montgomery than being stupid and drafting him. And it's the same thing. Yep. Yep. I agree. I want to give one more before you, before you give yours, because I will I, actually, you know what? Give yours just because I hope I don't take yours. And then I want to give my last one because we haven't talked about him at all. And I, and I really wanted to. So go ahead. Hollywood. That was the guy that was literally the guy that I was going to talk about. Okay. So we don't even need to fucking bother to go and do an extra. Perfect. Yeah. I, a little high, very high. Top fifty, very high. What are people doing? Yeah. Um. No. It, like hell do, no. I, <laughs> Top fifty Hollywood. No. 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 That's another one. When are people going to learn? Like he, he I, was. <laughs> it, I do not think him going and playing with Kyler is going to make him turn into a fantasy superstar. I just don't. I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson is a pretty good quarterback, the last I remember. And in Baltimore, was there a lot of competition for targets for the other re- receivers? Nope. No? Nope. So, what, is he going to start catching the ball? Uh, highly doubtful. 
Top 50? What, Not what, for me. What, what, what are we doing here, people? We can give you a lot of much better options and Hollywood is not a top 20 fantasy receiver what are we doing here I personally I don't get it I don't get it at all I mean and you're basically drafting a guy that you think is gonna be the number one receiver for this for this offense for the entire year you're drafting him at that spot when he's only gonna be the number one receiver for this team for six weeks and Hollywood hasn't been the uh most durable guy in his career either no No, he's definitely had his fair share of bumps and bruises. And I've never seen the Ravens trade a guy that's in the prime of his career before he gets his first contract and looks stupid for it either. Mm -hmm. That's also a big part of it. When they're thin at receiver. Yep. It suggests one of two things. Number one, they're really, really confident in Rashad Bateman that he could be the guy there. Or number two, they know that Hollywood is... Eh, he's mid. To yeah, use, forget him. To use a to use a term from uh, from our from our people in Portland, Oregon, he's mid. Yeah, forget Hollywood. Yep, I'm very much in the uh, in the same boat there. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Basement Block Podcast Fantasy Show. If you like what you heard, let us know. Leave a five star review. Subscribe if you aren't subscribed, and we will be back next week where Jake and I. I think we'll be doing next next week. I think what we're going to do is we're going to be doing the league winners who are the guys that are going to be winning people leagues deep so we're going to be doing some some deep 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 sleepers they got that'll be uh that'll be next week's uh next week's sort of gig so everybody please enjoy the holiday weekend be safe don't be don't do anything stupid um and uh we hope to hope to uh see you guys next week so for jake i'm bird thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time bye bye